0: Welcome to the Grandstand Golf Podcast. My name is Kevin Vapti, and I'm joined as always by Anna. What's going on, guys? And Craig. Hey there, everyone. So we just finished watching Dustin Johnson win the Tour Championship, capturing his first FedEx Cup title. In the staggered start format, DJ started with a two-stroke lead and held that at least a share of the lead for the entire tournament. JT and Xander got within two shots of DJ in today's final round, but DJ managed to birdie the, Bird of the 18th and complete the three shot victory so adam i pose you this question yeah. is dj now the clear player of the year
1: oh absolutely his run through the playoffs is historic i mean he is the clear best player in the world player of the year whatever you want to call it first dominating fashion at northern trust 30 under clearing the field by 11. Second. In the BMW Championship, a devastating loss with Roms taking a 66-foot birdie putt in playoff. You can't defend against that, really. And then, I, I know he was not lowest net strokes here, but he did enough to win. And he didn't really give anything away. Like People had to continue to chase him through all four days. So, I think he's a clear, clear play of the year.
0: Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I think that he wasn't sweating too much. He started the day with a five-stroke lead. Like I say, it got down to two with with JT and Xander, but he never was really was really worried about it. I don't think.
1: No, he he slammed in that one par putt uh, I think early in the back nine, maybe thirteen or fourteen, and then lagged up his putts. And he knew, like he knew exactly where Xander was. He he knew what JT was doing ahead of him. He he was in complete control. I think. Craig, what do you
0: think about DJ as player of the year?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think
2: I think he clearly is. I think that uh, his playoff performance uh, is unbelievable he you know he went out and and ran away from the field and then him and rom had a great playoff and so he was in a great position coming into this weekend he put himself in that position uh but between between the playoffs his win at the travelers uh his contention i think he ended up tied for second at the pga uh, just all the biggest tournaments this year he has been relevant uh i think going into this week JT and John Rom both could have stolen it right. and made a good argument, yeah. uh, but with him, with him, you know, he he did what he had to do and took care of business, and so I think I think it's a no brainer now.
1: I mean, you I also agree. have to remember that this is a, a crazy year. We only had one major. The FedEx Cup playoffs, I think, have a lot more weight potentially, and he was just he was just head and shoulders above everyone else. I think when it mattered.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I do think the only two players that could have potentially made a case for player of the year R. rom and jt and and i think dustin just closed the door on that discussion with this performance um so what did you guys think of the tour championship format did you like do you are you do you like the
1: staggered start i think i mean it gets so much hate and i i don't think it's perfect i don't think it's great i think it's good it we were coming into it with DJ, Rom, and JT as 10 under and then falling back through there all the way to even. And they were the top three. And they're also the th- number like top three in the world. So it obviously works for the season long race to the FedEx Cup. I think it works. Xander put up a great performance, and I think he was lowest by quite a few strokes overall. But DJ should be rewarded. I mean, I think yes, he has that tour championship win, even though he wasn't the lowest net. But I I'm fine with the format. I think there's some improvements to be made, but it's not overall confusing. I think it it works for me.
2: Yeah, I I'm totally fine with the format in terms of uh, awarding the FedEx Cup and awarding you know the the overall season winner. I do think and and I mean I guess the other thing to look at is you know DJ started at minus ten. He still had to go out there like he was minus eleven. Through four days, so like right. if he didn't perform this weekend, there's still a ton of uh, work he has to do to go get that 15 million. Um, and if someone goes crazy, then they have a shot. You know, Xander came from, uh, I think he was minus three or four. Yeah, I think he was three going in, and he. Uh, I, so and this is where I have a bit of a problem with it because. DJ is going to have a win for this week, like a, a PGA win, and Xander won't. Even though you know, over the course of these four days, Xander beat DJ by four strokes, and yeah, um, I, I, I don't. He was three clear of everyone in the field. So like, that's the one thing I think that it kind of. Last year, Rory won the low gross and low net, but this year. We have the guy who shot the lowest score in these four days not getting a PGA Tour win. And so that's the one thing that I, I don't love about it.
0: So I see what you're doing here. You- if you guys remember craig was the one that took the lowest <laughs> dj win total and i think he's already trying to suggest maybe this is a official victory i'm like, just no, saying i don't it's a, great, it's a great it's a great
2: season win but i just don't think it's
1: a pga tour win well there, there's so many different formats in golf and this is one kind of quirky format if you want to call it if if you're in a match play and you're matched up against someone that goes shoots a 60 in stroke play And you get them and you shoot a 62, you're booted from the match play tournament or you lose that match. Like, there's all these different things in golf where necessarily the lowest net scores don't win the overall tournament.
2: Yeah, but I think this is, I mean, this and this last year is the first time that what happens that week you know, you could be the best golfer that week and you could not get a win out of it. And so that's, like, I I, I joke about the DJ win. I care less about that. I think it's sort of Xander gets a little bit robbed here when he was the best golfer this week. And, I mean, he is absolutely lights out at this golf course. He now, he's played... Xander, yeah. Yeah, he's played 16 rounds there. He's averaging almost, it's almost down to 67 probably now. Maybe not. It's probably still just over, um, but it was like sixty-seven point five going into today, and he shot a sixty-six.
1: He's only shot over seventy twice, and they were both seventies.
0: I feel though that that East Lake is the kind of golf course that, if with the staggered start, it's almost impossible for the guys at the back to really charge up the leaderboard. It's not one of these courses where you see big volatile. Sc- Swings it's sort of for I don't know what what it is yeah, about it, but everything so seems to so kind of come back to the media the guys a little at the bit. back
2: back, yeah, like the guys who started even I agree, but I also and maybe I'm that's, okay maybe that's that. fair,
0: yeah, given that it is the season long
2: uh completion right um, but, i I think it's more and so this is where I really like the format, uh think about how often in a major like we i think we find when we have a major where we say have a couple guys who are top five players really competing against each other. We love that. Like we absolutely love that. And so in this tournament, it forces itself to be something where the top guys are just by the the nature of the staggered start. We have the number one, the number two and the number three already, you know, above the field having to compete against each other. And the other thing I really noticed today, and I think this is, in part because the money on the line uh, like if you notice john rom or or other like uh, i don't know who what exactly was a good example but some of these guys when they know they're not going to win anymore they're still like taking their time with putts and like mm-hmm. every stroke really matters because a million dollars might be on the line between that that For second sure. third yeah. third and fourth and
0: well um, d- even xander's last putt there he had a birdie putt from what was it about ten feet that he missed, and that was a five hundred thousand dollar. I mean, it, he gets five. Second place was five million, third place was four million. So now they
1: they they split add it up that. and split
0: it. So yeah, um,
2: he still makes four and a
1: half.
0: Yeah, he's doing okay.
1: <laughs> but um, I but, mean, but, those but guys, those guys will be there ten, fifteen times in their careers. But if you look at Lanto Griffin or. Mackenzie Hughes, guys that maybe won't be there every year. That that's huge. I mean, they're battling all four days, even though they might not be in contention to get the 50 million in the first place.
2: Yeah. But the thing I really noticed, both on like especially reading putts, they seemed it seemed normally I think if people aren't going to win the tournament, they'll maybe abbreviate things a little bit. Uh, but just because of what's on the line here, it seemed like they there was so much diligence over little.
1: You know, yeah. three foot pots that, that could be the difference in sure. hundreds of thousands of dollars. To, to wrap up kind of the, your question, Kevin, I think it's a good format, but I still would like to see if they can make match play work in some way for the top 30, because match play is so thrilling in golf. And I, I just think there, there is an opportunity with maybe first round buys or second round buys for the top four uh, to make something like that work. Yeah. So with his fifth place finish at the Tour
0: Championship, do you think Scotty Scheffler has wrapped up the Rookie of the Year over Victor Hovland?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I personally, I do. I don't know where you are on this, Adam. Uh, so so for those that don't know, Scotty Scheffler has done very well on some of the biggest tournaments, but he doesn't have a win on the year. Uh, Victor Hovland has a win at the Puerto Rico Open, Uh, But he just, uh, he hasn't done as well of recent uh, in in some of the bigger tournaments.
1: I think Scotty has six top fives, including today where he got another one. And Halvin has that win. So that's kind of how I'm balancing in terms of big performances. And I give it to Scotty Scheffler as well. I think the top fives show the consistency. No one is denying Halvin's talent at all. But I think for this purpose... Scheffler just had a better year.
2: Yeah. And I think if you want another way to look at it, um, so going into this week, uh, Victor Hovland was 31st ranked in the world and Scotty Scheffler was 36th. And coming out of this week, he jumped them. So Scotty Scheffler's oh, now at 29, and and Victor Hovland stayed steady at 31. So mm-hmm. if there, you know, maybe it was just that little bit to get over the line that.
0: Yeah. So who, I think if, I think you have to give it to Scheffler at this point. He, he's just consistently performed very well over the final stretch of the season here and he's got his 59 victors win while it's an official win it's an opposite field event it's um yeah you know i don't think it i wouldn't put it up with all like, like you know at the same level as a, a you know regular tour win so i think you have to give it to scheffler
1: So if we're looking at episode 750 here, and we're looking at career wins for Scheffler and Hovland, who would you guys pick at this moment for career wins uh, between the two of them? That's a good one. Cause so I
2: think Scheffler right now is the better player uh, and both more complete. And I think that his ability to go out there uh, and win in a tough field, I, I think he has more ability there. I think, I feel like I see almost more potential in Victor Hovland. Right. And if he fills some of the holes in his game, he may potentially have a higher ceiling. Um, but yeah. I haven't, I haven't thought about that a time. So you, I, 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 I
0: think that Scheffler is a more consistent performer and I can see him potentially notching up more wins than Hovland, but I sort of, yeah, Hovland almost seems to have that spark where I think he might have some big ones in there too, you know? So
1: you guys are both not committing, committing to nothing?
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to say maybe, so I, I think Scheffler, Scheffler is going to have more wins potentially. I think that Hovland's going to have more majors. Oh,
2: that? here we go. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'll say I think that Scheffler gets more wins.
1: Really, I, I'm going to Hovland, more wins, and basically exactly what you said, Craig. His I think his ceiling is higher. So if he can figure out a few things, his short game around the green, I think he has a potentially brighter future. I just think he, I
2: mean, why doesn't he have that figured out already? What is he, 21, 22? Like, um, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I, I just, uh, the, the one thing I do worry about probably the most with Scotty is he, because of how unorthodox his swing is if he does run into any kind of injury like is he going to be able to adapt whereas you know someone that has more of a conventional swing if they start to you know say say they have a back problem or whatever it is I think it's easier for them to to get through some kind of swing change um right but yeah so we'll see I think I think it'd be interesting to to watch them both for the next little bit
1: for sure yeah
0: so who do you guys have rising and falling after the, the tournament this week? Craig, who's your stock up, who's stock
2: down? So, I mean, I think for me, a lot of these guys we're not going to see again. I don't think any of them are going to play next week. So really, it's it's going into the U.S. Open in two weeks. And for me, uh, my stock up is Rory McIlroy, the new dad. Day and, yeah, so, I mean, he came out there with no practice, uh, shot a, what was it, 64 or yeah sixty four in the opening round, six under uh brought himself into contention. He ended up fading away in the next couple right. uh, but i was just I was really impressed. I think that I think that as this whole uh, i mean you you guys have both dealt with wives that were pregnant. I think that <laughs> trying to go out there and play golf as his <laughs> his wife was on the verge like she gave birth on on the Monday yeah it's going to be hard to focus probably on the golf tournament you have to play um so like i think i think he's going to be a
1: little bit free to go out there and and play golf without it i don't know i i know if i was going out to play golf for 15 million dollars 3 days after my baby was born my wife would be super supportive <laughs>
0: I also, just a little tip for you, when they're pregnant, don't say you have to deal with them.
2: <laughs> manage? Would you say manage? No,
0: don't say manage.
2: <laughs> Collaborate. Uh, steer clear of all of that. <laughs> no, just I, I think Rory's going uh, be guys... to better off. I think he's the type of guy that's going to thrive as a father, just, just the way he is as a personality. So I think he's going to have contentment in life and he's going to play better golf because of it. That's my take. Yeah.
0: That's interesting i uh, and I respect the analysis there. um I didn't really see too much from Rory that was different than what I've seen from Rory over the course of the season. He's kind of um he can shoot a low number, but uh, yeah he he doesn't seem to be able to put it all together for the whole, the whole week so' anyway, very very
1: happy the- for. Him. In the second round on 18, I think it was the second round where he was hitting his approach shot into the green and he <laughs> chunked oh it God. 30 yeah. yards into the water.
0: That's yeah. like, that's the one thing I had started. That, that was unbelievable.
1: <laughs> I know. I mean, I've hit that shot thousands of times, but oh, to see well, Rory hit it.
0: A of times, but there's actually a few of those. I think Bryson had one later in the week as well.
1: Yeah, Bryson
2: did on 18 as well. Now, so is that just the that Bermuda rough grabbing the club and like totally messing with their club face? I don't know. <laughs> I, it's yeah, just so I, shocking I it, yeah. to see, you know, the top pros do that kind of thing. Um, it feels like on 18 at Quail, just flubbing him into the water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so moving on. Stock down. Uh, I've got Bryson Deschambeau and he's making he's making a second consecutive appearance here for me. Um,
0: so you went with the two guys that shanked him into the water?
2: The one, two guys. One, one, one I like. I like what he did there. Um, no, Bryson, I mean, he's one of the few guys that was over par on the week. I think... I really, like I said last week, I really don't know about this whole transformation in approach that he's he's done. His the, the thing that I highlighted last week again was his his um strokes gain approach and his approach game. And he, he you know, he's now even further into the negative. He was minus four on the week. He lost four four strokes approaching the green. Um I just I I think that I think that the best golfers in the world take a balanced approach to the game. I think that if he's smart, he would try to build more of a John Rom game, where you know he's strong off the yeah. tee. Like his best golf, I think Bryson's best golf was in 2018, and he was he averaged 305 off the tee. He was 25th in distance, and uh, he was a about a half stroke positive in off the tee and approach. And I yeah. think that's just so far and away a better. A better style to win the biggest tournaments and and get to the highest levels of golf. Uh, So I I don't know what you guys think about that. Yeah, I
1: agree with you. I think in today's game you need the distance, but you can't go full uh, kind of robo scientific and lose all the feel. It needs to be some kind of hybrid. You need to have the power, but you need to have the feel and the touch. And that's what we see with Dustin, JT, Rom. They they're still really strong around the greens. They're good putters. They just they have that feel where like you said, like it's different grass that we we're just talking about. They they've been there before, they it's a different approach. Uh so that's my thoughts. I think he's lost some feel. Yeah, yeah so I agree.
0: Th- you on you that can't note, get too c- carried away with analytics. You gotta yeah there's artistry to the game as well.
2: For sure. So on that note, because everyone, you know, everyone raves about about uh, Bryson's distance, which is up over three twenty now. Dustin Johnson, who everyone talks about, is a long hitter. He right. averages 311. Tony Fina, who everyone talks about, is a long hitter. He averages 309. Like I think, I think being in that, you don't need to have that
1: extra little bit. And I think it takes away from so many other areas of the game. Um, Especially if these guys are hitting nine irons and you're hitting pitching pitch wedge, but they're still getting closer. What's the point? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, stock down. I, I don't like him at the U.S.
2: Open. I, I don't think this approach is going to work. Um,
1: Adam, who do you have? Yeah, rising up. I have Terrell Hatton. Uh, first trip out to East Lake for the Tour Championship, and I think it was a very solid trip. He was eighth in stroke gain off the tee, fifth in approach, fourth in putting, and fourth in driving distance. He's just—he's a character I like to watch. A character I like to follow. I think his game is turning up. I think he's maybe focusing more on the. American tournaments, rather than uh, kind of the European star um, that he is. So I really like him going into a couple majors this year and next year. I just think he's solid all around game. I think he's long enough. He has the right game. He's been in big tournaments. He's been in big moments. I like Hatton right now. What do you guys think?
2: I agree. I I think his stock is pointing up in the long term. He sure is entertaining. I'll yeah, he's back. a
1: fun, he's a fun guy to <laughs> he, watch on I, the broadcast. I love to watch him. I love to uh, watch be, him too. He'd be right up there and kind of the if I was to choose kind of a force and to get out there with on the course, he would be entertaining us all. Yeah. He'd be good.
0: I totally agree. So who do you have going down this week, Adam?
1: Yeah, going down, Joaquin Neiman. And I think he was extremely popular, especially especially in the betting and DFS world, because he was on the lower end. I think he was low sevens this week, Craig. Does that sound right for DraftKings? Low seven thousands? Yeah, low sevens, high sixes, somewhere around there. Yeah, he so he wasn't the very kind of bottom, but he was pretty low, and he was coming off that strong performance at the BMW. He just, I mean, he lost his, his go-to iron play. He was last in strokes and approach. He was second last in stroke scene off the tee. Craig kind of mentioned the U.S. Open. We're going into the prime time of golf if you want to make a major move with all these majors coming up. I was just kind of looking at his history. He's made one cut in six major appearances. It just, he's a young talent, but like he kind of seems like this guy that will win these maybe softer fields, the Safeway Opens, the Puerto Ricos, whatever it may be where it's a um, – opposite field i just don't know if he's ready for that big stage yet and it kind of cemented that fact uh this week at the tour championship
0: i think he's ready for the stage i i just think he's a little bit more of a a hot and cold kind of player when he's when he's feeling when everything's clicking he can i mean he won his first win was by six shots or something wasn't it and it was a strong field i want to say it
1: was a bmw or something like that i could be wrong he's crazy talented without a doubt but
2: uh, yeah maybe he's just I, I, I just to me he's a guy similar to Hovland where I think he has the ability, there's holes in his game still and consistency is, is an issue. but um, I mean he's 21 years old. so I think there's just it's a bit of a difference where some of these guys, you don't necessarily see them at this stage of the career where they're they're so good at times that that they get yeah. on to the pga tour like a lot of this you see this develop you don't see this development because it's on the corn ferry. um but they it's that filling out their whole game uh that 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 we see that they just didn't have aspects of that um i i still like him in the long term i think week to week though he is going to have huge volatility yeah absolutely
1: i agree he's um, he's born in 98 he's still I think four years younger than Scotty Scheffler or a couple years younger than Hovland. Like he's younger than these rookies. He's just, he, he's so much talent, but maybe a little bit raw still. He's just, he's not, I don't know. He's quite ready for that big tournament.
2: So well, his victory I think he was, was pretty ready to cash the check from that tournament. Sure. His, no matter,
0: his no matter what he did. Uh, a military tribute at the Greenbrier is what it was. He Six was strokes. T- yeah, you're right. He was T3 at the BMW championship. That's right. Um, so for me this week, uh, I have a couple guys that were in contention at the PGA Championship. Moving up for me, Scotty Scheffler. We've talked about him already a little bit. He just continues yeah. to impress. His it seems that his floor is quite high at this point. Um, and I was impressed with what I saw from him this week. I think he was he would have finished second in a in a yeah. He was for, second. for the week behind Gross. behind Xander. Yeah. Um, so I liked what I saw from him. Um, I was impressed, and on the yeah. other side of that, Cameron Champ, um, is your stock really, down? Is my stock down? He didn't really do anything to inspire this week, um, and I—that's sort of the impression I had of Cameron Champ before the PGA Championship. Um, and at the PGA Championship, he he showed that he has the game to to play to be there to play in these these right. big tournaments right. with the big names, but. Um, you know, he he just didn't really do anything this week to make me think that he's ready to do that consistently. Um, so he's my stock down for the week. The, another guy just that I wanted to note that I was very impressed with was Xander. Xander, his his putting just seemed absolutely automatic. Anything yeah. yeah, so
2: I actually, I was thinking about that, and I have a question for you guys. With Xander, do you think... So he's he's just moved up to seventh in the world this week, below you know these top guys. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's about where he's going to be? Like, do you think this is this is where we'll see Xander, or do you think he's still on the rise and he's going to end up in the top three, top four? I mean, I, not you know I could see him be winning a tournament and going up there, but like, do you think he he has the potential to become one of the top? handful of guys or do you think he's always going to be in that next level just below them
0: well i i kind of consider anything in the top 10 to be you know those are the the heavyweights um and i think he's gonna perennially stay there um and i think it, he he has a game that's built to win big tournaments and yeah. and i think contended major championships and so i I mean, I see him being a staple at the top of the of the world rankings. Um, yeah, whether and he he gets you know on a on a bit of a heater and and you know gets up into the top couple spots, uh, I'm not sure. But I think he will be around there for a long time.
1: I, I I'm a huge Xander fan. Ever since he the 2017, 2017 Tour Championship, when he rattled in that putt to take home, I mean, he's is he kind of nervous and he was so excited when it actually went in, and he was. The winner there. He's won every year 17, 18, 19. He needs to get a win this year, but he pops in big tournaments. He like he's a big game hunter if there ever was one. He's still young. It
2: also it feels like he's been around longer than he has been. Um like he's he's only started twelve majors. In those twelve majors, he's got six top ten. So like it it feels like I mean, he's he's been here since, you know, twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen kind of thing, but just because of how much we see him in the big tournaments, uh, it feels like he's been around he's been established for a while. Uh, well and, and
0: sometimes when you see those names at the top of the leaderboard at majors, for the first or second time you're like, oh, well, he's he's it's nice that he's playing well, but he's probably not gonna, you know, probably yeah, not gonna this out. But now you see Xander's name up there and you're like, Okay, you know, this
1: is real. He he can he can chase down these guys, he can do it. Yeah, he's so just an easy got to cheer for. He's got a good smirk. Is. Like his buddies are this caddy. Like they look like brothers. I don't know. I just like Xander a lot. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. So Craig, let's hear
0: your good, your bad, and your ugly for this week.
2: Okay, so um, I think one of our favorite guys, Mackenzie Hughes. This is our good, the good for the week. Mackenzie Hughes putting. Um, Mackenzie Hughes is just a lights out putter as it is. Uh, over the last two rounds this week, he gained a pretty unbelievable seven and a half strokes. Uh, that's in six, two rounds. Wow. That's in two rounds. So, so, and that's so, I mean, it's tough sometimes to understand what's, what gaining strokes mean. That's compared to your average PGA Tour professional. So it, it's already expecting a very high level of putting. Right. Uh, so he was 66 on Sunday, 67 on Monday. Uh, and those... Those strokes that he gained, those seven and a half strokes, it's the difference between him finishing tied for 14th and tied for 24th. So, I mean, this is a guy that made it into the tournament on a putt, but, you know, the last hole of the tournament before this, yeah. and he ends up 14th on the season, which I just love. I just love everything about it.
1: So that's... Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's a huge looks, move to go from 30 to 14th. I mean, and that's A couple a hundred thousand dollars. Handle.
2: Yeah, in in his putting in the last two days. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, um, we we were huge fanboying over him the last pod, but I think we're. I don't think any of us are have to crease out at all. I mean, it's just growing and growing and growing for us. I'll yeah. t- I'll tell you, he's
0: certainly on my list of favorites in the PGA Tour app. I'm always checking to see where Hughes is at. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, so bad. Uh, basically, and this is not a specific. uh Billy Horschel's whole tournament is the bad. Um. I mean, Billy Horschel was another guy who got in here late. And and so I think for him, anything is gravy in terms of the paycheck you take right. home for getting last in this thing. Um, he was the only player in the field who was negative in every strokes game category. Um, so there was no aspect of his game that was good this week. Uh, he lost two strokes around all week. Uh, and, and I think the, the only reason I highlight this was i mean it's, it's you never want to pick on the guys at the lowest end or like that didn't have didn't play well that week but um he had the highest average ownership in big big DraftKings tournaments uh the two thousand yeah. dollar entry he was on more than 50 percent of the tickets which is just a, a, a
1: an astounding number it's crazy so these are like the gambling professionals that DFS. Touts as they call themselves. I mean, we're kind of playing pocket change here to have fun through the weekend, and he's fifty percent. Like he's in over half the lineups. I just wish that I would have put my two thousand dollar (laughs) entry in this week. (laughs) I have to turn over a lot of coaches to find that. (laughs)
2: Um. So and then closing it out, the ugly. Um. Victor. Victor Hovland's putting today was ugly. So uh, sort of. On the opposite end... On, the, from, on Monday,
1: on the final round.
2: Yeah, just Monday final round today. Um, opposite end of, of Mackenzie Hughes. Victor Hovland uh, lost f- over four and a half strokes putting just today. Uh He missed birdies. He had... 10 birdies inside 20 feet that he missed he made a couple as well like and this is why it's the ugly as you know I like to find something where it should be good but it's not it's ugly right. um he was second today in strokes gained T to green he ended up shooting even par today but he just it should have been so much better and so uh he ended up, he three putt for a bogey on 18. He missed power putts from five feet and four feet today. Like it just, it was not a good day for him putting. And it's exactly the type of thing that this is the reason, this is the difference between Victor Hovland having a complete game and not, is you turn that into a 66 or a 65 and, and it's a totally different tournament for him.
0: Yeah, Yeah. And that sort of epitomizes what the criticism of Victor Hovland is, is that, his tee to green, his ball striking is fantastic, and around the greens, he's he's got a little bit of a little bit of work to catch up to the best players in the world. Mm-hmm. So, Adam, who are your three stars for this week?
1: Yeah, my three stars, a uh, little bit different for my third star. I'm going to go with the FedEx Cup format, and I'm saying the FedEx Cup format is my third star because I just see it getting so much hate on Twitter, and people can't get on board with your championship. They don't like the staggered start. I mean, we've talked about the staggered started on our last podcast and our DFS uh, episodes in this podcast. But at the end of the day, I think it worked. The, it's the season long race of the FedEx Cup and DJ won and he should have won. He was the best player this year. He was the best player through the playoffs. Justin John Rahm fell a little bit to fourth. Justin Thomas kind of moved up to second. Those were the top three coming in. We saw big moves from Sung JM I mean, it's possible to kind of move up quite a bit. He fell off though in the end. Xander Shoffley had an amazing tournament and was in contention on Sunday. And we saw I mean, Webb Simpson was fourth coming and he fell off to I think just under he's tied for twelfth. So I think I think the FedEx Cup format works and that's why it's my it works for now. It's not perfect it's maybe not even great but it's good and it worked to find the best players for the season and it did its job very well so it's my third star
2: yeah and i just want to touch on that cuz i also think this is the second year we've done this and with the staggered start and mm-hmm. i just think that as this continues and we get more and more super memorable closing out with this huge money on the line, I think it's going to grow in prestige. And I mean, there was times where like the things we consider majors now weren't always the majors and there were other things that used to be the majors. Right. You know? And so I, I think that the FedEx cup, we don't think of it now in the same way we think of majors, but I think that it has the potential to grow in terms of what it means at the end of your career, if you've won them just because I, I think this format really demands a lot to be able to go out there and win it.
1: And I think yeah. in golf, we talked about the traditions of golf, and it's a big tradition game, But and people don't like to throw in something new or kind of throw a curveball or a new format in. It's kind of a weird, different format that they created. But, uh, yeah, I think it'll take some time, and there might be some winners that maybe don't make a lot of sense, but I think Rory made sense last year. I think DJ made sense this year, and I think continue. It. I, think it, I think it works for now.
0: Yeah, I, I do like, too, that whoever's leading... They do have to keep playing golf. They can't just, yeah. you know, it, in the old format, if a guy had a big enough lead, he could pretty much, you know, just go hack it around out there for the Tour Championship and still win the FedEx Cup. Whereas now, right. you know, they are given an advantage, but they have to close it out. And yeah, sure. that's exactly what D- DJ did,
2: right? You put a ball in the water on f- that 15 green, there goes your two strokes over whoever was, came in second. You know, yeah, like exactly. It's so easy yeah. for those strokes to shift around.
1: Yeah. So who's your second star then, Adam? Second star is Xander Shoffley. Uh, we talked to him a little bit before. He went 67, 65, 67, 66 uh, in the tournament. Uh, as Craig mentioned before, in 16 rounds at Eastlake, he's only gone twice over 70. He just he just owns this course. He's a, we talked about him being a big game hunter, top t- 10 in half of his majors, six of 12. He, he just, he made the move. He didn't quite catch DJ, but he was, I mean, coming down the stretch, he was in the final pairing and he was putting the most pressure on. Uh, Xander is my second star. And I think I really love where his games at going into the fall and the new season here. And my first star, I got to give it to DJ. I mean, we talked about it right off the top. Amazing playoff performance first in the northern trust second with the playoff loss in bmw and then we're calling this a win for the tour championship and fedex cup he dominated he's at the top of the game right now everyone else is behind him he's the one to catch amazing performance again he did exactly what he needed to do so he's the first star
0: i wonder what it was for dj what the turning point was because he was obviously number 1 in the world for quite a while and then he sort of seemed to to fizzle out there and yeah. it, it I think there were some injuries involved, but i it also just seemed like he it almost seemed like he had lost interest or something um but he's, he's close to that in his career, i think he, and, and that could just be his demeanor too you know that yeah. that might not be accurate but um yeah he's he's definitely established himself as the one at the top right now, and um you know, like i say i'm I'm happy with with taking the over there on his career victories total. <laughs> Hey, I was thinking though like, right
2: how hard it must be to be him and I don't know if they're married or engaged, but to to be with Paulina Gretzky. Cause like think about how like every or a lot of females think that their dad's the greatest, but like literally her dad <laughs> is the greatest, you know? Like how do you measure up to this guy?
1: And it's all they I mean, they mentioned Wayne a bunch during the broadcast and always with Polina, as Paulina Gretzky, Paulina Gretzky. At one point, I just want to be like, yeah, my, my father-in-law, I, I didn't listen to his advice this tournament.
2: <laughs> I also, yeah, I, I'd, I mean, I'm sure that it helps, but I, I also wonder, like, how much they overplay the fact that Wayne's out there, like, giving him sage advice. Oh, yeah, like, you really need to approach it more intensely. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, to, to do a quick recap
0: of our picks, Craig, you did... You went way out on a ledge here and, and picked DJ <laughs> to, to win this one, so well, good on
2: you. Just for a little context, Kevin, I actually um, I hadn't made my picks when we were doing the live show on uh, on Monday, and so I just had to make picks as we were doing it, and Adam said that you were taking JT and he was taking Rom, so I was like, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll take yeah, DJ then. <laughs> we sort of
0: peppered the board there. Um, <laughs> Guaranteeing a win for the Grand Sand Golf guys right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, not really much else to uh, of note in our picks, I wouldn't say.
1: I'll, I'll know, say one I'll, thing because every, everybody finished in, within the top 30, so that was good. Yeah, exactly. I, I kind of went on a rant, uh, with my stock down with Sung J M, uh, last podcast, and he, <laughs> <That's>
2: what, <laughs> and he was said listening. we were
1: on a, he was listening, he, he wanted to prove he's you're a wrong. big fan of the pod, big fan <laughs> of the pod. Uh, and I told him we were kind of we weren't we're not broken up, but we were on a break. And I think I texted you guys Saturday night or something. I said, "Okay, we're back together. We made <laughs> up. We're happy again." On again, off again. Are you still on by the end of the tournament? Or you know what? He fell off, but I'm I'm happy that he found whatever that was in the early days. And if you can put that together for four days in a row, hey, yeah, I'm happy. So just before we
2: move on, Sanjay. So here's another guy that I I don't know if he gets enough respect for what he does. He's what twenty two years old. And he um, doesn't even
0: have a house.
2: He doesn't even have a house. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's um, right. It's, it's the only thing they say about him. Like every time he's on, he like, uh, doesn't have a house. But,
2: but like house after two days, w. after two days, he had played himself into the final group. I mean, he didn't. He didn't get it done on Sunday in round three. But I mean, this is a guy we don't kind of give the respect as if he belongs up there with the top guys and. For a 22, like, I don't know. I just think if if things, you know, maybe he was a little bit more charismatic or whatever it is, um, Yeah, um, I think that he would be talked about a lot more for how good he is at golf if um there's a little more flash there. He's yeah, also well, an
1: easy target because he plays, like, almost every weekend. Plays, every week. Yeah. And I saw an interview or a transcript of an interview this week. They're like, if you win the 15 million, will you, I mean, play... A, Maybe fewer tournaments next year. He's like, no, I'd play more. (laughs) I just love it. Like, I mean,
2: what the guy likes to play golf. He if you have hotel, you have have priority to be in golf tournaments. Yeah, he's twenty two years old, so why not just uh, play golf this weekend here? I'll travel there and play golf there. Yeah.
0: So with this being the season finale, essentially, we got the big (laughs) off season. From till Thursday. <laughs> and then they started yeah. in the Safeway. Um, I was reading that uh, Mark Talkevecchia tested positive for COVID. Um, where do you guys, how do you think the season went now that we're kind of at the end of this part and they're, they're going to be moving into the, the new season? Like, do you th- it, it seems to me as though the COVID protocols and their bubbles, they, they kind of got it figured out after a bit of a shaky start.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And we're seeing the NFL start on Thursday with their opening kickoff. Uh, baseball had a hiccup. NBA's doing, I think, okay with viewerships. But when golf got started, their viewership numbers were off the charts. I mean, this is the time to become a golf fan. And I don't want to get into the whole COVID thing, but it's not going it's not going away anytime soon. But it, the P.J.'s done... I think a very good job to keep its players safe, keep the staff, keep the support staff, keep its volunteers all safe and still put together an excellent product. I mean, I would love if there was a crowd for some of these playoff wins for Rom's putt and DJ's putt in that playoff uh, to get to the playoff. But I think the PGA and golf as a sport has weathered this storm so well. It is one of the sports that's trending so far up and I love to see it
2: yeah, and just to
1: build off that, like uh, when golf first came back,
2: we it feels like the world has changed so much in those few months. Uh, but it was one of the very early things to to reopen in any way. And there was right. a lot of speculation that it might be a couple of weeks and then flop. And so, I mean, I think they've 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 set the standard for how to do this. I think it's easier in golf than it is in other sports. I worry a little bit about, the NFL like I I, some of the things they're planning to do are a little bit unbelievable to me in terms of crowds but um yeah no I I think that I don't think COVID is going away anytime soon but I think they found a good working solution for the time being and and that's that in and of itself it was a weird season like let's not get away from that fact yeah yeah Biggest turn, a few of the biggest tournaments of the year didn't happen, and and I don't know what it ended up being three or four months with no golf. But yeah,
0: I, I, you know, I pose a question because I, all I agree with what you guys are saying. I I I wondered if you had the same feelings I did. I was very happy when golf came back because there was such a vacuum, there was such a void of of no no sports content on TV, and so when golf came back, it was very. Um, well received like you say Adam and uh, I think that um, the lack of fans has been it it takes some of the excitement away from it you don't get the roars but that said at the end of the day you're watching golf to see the, the golf shots and the guys you know yeah. jockey for position and unless you're there you don't really get the full feeling of the the crowd it's it's just more of a you know the, the viewing experience on tv isn't that much different so
2: um no and in yeah, some ways i, I enjoy it because you get to see the courses in a different way i mean there's moments where it sucks like when dj and rom went down and when jt and morikawa were in that playoff yeah. um yeah. it was it was a node it was noticeable in its absence but there's other times where I'm like, oh man, this would be this is cool to see how this course looks without it just
1: being an outline of the hole with with the crowd. Or you don't get the mashed potatoes after every tee shot. Like I'm fine with that. God, yeah. let these guys play a well, little maybe, bit.
2: Well, maybe maybe Bryson's analytics had not accounted for the fact that there was going to be <laughs> all that trampled down rough and
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, so as as we just touched upon, that was the end of last season but and so we're moving into the new season with the Safeway right. Open this week at Sanderson Farms um, it's the only tournament before the US Open which how is that working guys is that then going to be are the points included in next year's FedEx Cup for the last two majors yeah, this... so,
2: so they've announced the 2020-2021 PGA Tour schedule and so it will have let me think Five, six, six majors six majors and 50 tournaments, so it's it's the most tournaments ever. Like it, it's going to be good, um, and we'll get kicked off with a the U.S. On Open. Top of that. And the Olympics, yeah. So there's going to be some serious golf over so the, this is, the next 12 months. This is months. really
1: the best time to be a golf fan. But I think we need to be realistic that this season schedule could still change. I mean, the fact that they're they have both Asia tournaments with the Olympics, and I mean the Open uh, across the pond. There's still possibilities for it to change, but we do have a great slate of golf coming up, including a U.S. Open and the Masters this fall. I mean, that in and itself is amazing. Yeah. And I think the reality
2: is with this number of tournaments that the top guys are still I mean, they they play their number of tournaments regardless. Um, but with all of these you know the different the changes to people not being able to play up from the corn Ferry on to the pga tour for the you know for right now for the start of the season i think that opens up spots in those tournaments that are going to be uh you know a lot less of the top guys there uh it opens up spots to see those young exciting guys have, yeah have, have their chances for sure
0: that's great well is there anything that we've missed here guys is there anything else you want to talk about
2: I have something totally unrelated I wanted to talk about, um, if if there's nothing else golf-related. Shoot. Shoot. Let's hear it. So I don't know where you guys are at, but we are starting to get tomatoes, or we've been getting tomatoes from the garden for a little while. And so I went to make a tomato bacon sandwich, which I to me... I think it's still the BLT. No, so th- no, there's no lettuce involved. And <laughs> I don't know... There's no L. There's no L. It's a bacon tomato sandwich. Mayo... Very very thin layer of mayo, salt, oh, and pepper, no, you gotta pour that bacon, stuff on. and tomato. That's it. Do you and toast it was, the bread? It was delicious. It was delicious, but Kim, she had the she could not believe that I was not making a BLT out of it. And oh, well, toasted lightly toasted bread. You don't want it to be too okay. crunchy and, and scratch the top of your mouth. Exactly. Fair. You gotta be careful what? with that. What kind of uh, bread? Oh, you know that uh, I forget the brand, the, but the, the ancient, ancient ancient grains at Costco. <laughs>
0: Well, I had one of those today with with my mother in law's homemade
2: bread. It was Ooh.
0: pretty fantastic.
2: Actually, yeah, we we're, have a, we're we have a swimming in tomatoes
0: right now. We have yes. so many tomatoes.
2: Yeah, well, and that's the thing. Like, it's the perfect time. Those garden fresh tomatoes. You just need to find ways of enjoying them at their max
1: value. Craig, I'll uh, I'll say one thing, uh, not golf related. I think how did you refer to Rory through the pregnancy, Kevin? What did he say the the um, the man yeah. just. <laughs> You had
0: to deal with it, Frank.
1: <laughs> well, I had to, I'll do air quotes here, deal with the first birthday of our first child here this weekend, and and it's a, we have a girl, you just have to go along with it, and I had to do a balloon arch on Saturday when I was watching, I had golf on the background, but I was doing a balloon arch, I was hanging up all these Polaroids all over the house. You're like, she's not going to remember this, you know? She won't have any idea what all this is all about, but... Yeah, just go along with uh, with whatever the wife wants to just do. Just deal and I think, with it. <laughs> open, uh, maybe pour a rusty a little bit earlier and have a couple of beers during the day, and it'll all be good. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
0: guys. Well, why don't you let them know where where? Why don't you let our listeners know where they can find you?
1: Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at Adam Baptie our content for this week so we're doing this on a monday night we have the safeway open on thursday craig and i will hop on twitch sometime on tuesday but we will let everyone know on our twitter account at grandstand golf when exactly that's going to be it's going to be a dfs breakdown show for the safeway open and we'll have that and our articles on grandsangolf.com our website yeah and it, just in addition to
2: that um there's a subreddit now, uh, our Grandstand Golf. You can check us out there. And then there's also a Discord server. So if you are into that, it can be a place to come talk golf when, when we're not doing the pod or the live stream. Uh, so come talk golf, talk DFS, whatever it is. Um, check check out the website for a link to that.
0: Yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at Grandstand Kevin. Thank you very much for listening, and we look forward to talking more golf with you in the future. Take care.
2: Take care, everyone. See ya. Thanks a lot, guys.